Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. And you can see from the date of the last podcast that it has been a minute since I have recorded. And I wanted to just come on this morning and share a little bit from my heart, give you some updates and um, talk about the power of and. So sometimes we feel conflicting things um, that don't make sense to feel them at the same time, but it is possible to feel grief and gratitude. So I'll be sharing a little bit of my journey and my story and how it is possible as we are approaching um, the holiday season, Thanksgiving, and all the things to have gratitude for things while we're still grieving other things deeply and to have space and room for both of those feelings. It's such a such a crazy thing to feel all the things at one time. But um, before we get into this, I wanted to let you know about some opportunities that I am offering in the coming weeks, in the coming months as we especially approach what for some people is not the most wonderful time of the year. So I have been learning for decades how to navigate the holidays with unsafe people. I didn't have words. I didn't have verbiage. I didn't have terminology 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, But I did begin to realize that I had to have boundaries and I had to stop doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Some people call that insanity, but in counseling, um, I was kind of stretched to think about it as, you know, we just, we want and we hope and we have anticipation that things are going to be different, that people are going to change. So I no longer use that word to define the word insanity. That's just another harmful phrase that I no longer use. But we do have to start doing things differently if we want different results. And so for me, that was all about boundaries and practical ways that I could protect myself. And at the time I had small children, ways that I could protect my kids when we would go into settings that were less than stellar, less than ideal. And so I have created some content that I'm going to be sharing in what is called the Held and Healed Holiday Help Workshop. This workshop will be next Saturday, November the 18th, and it will be recorded. But here's the deal. If you cannot participate live, this will be a product that I offer in my offerings on my website that you can access at any point. So even if you cannot be there for the live workshop, I will be recording the content and having it available for long-term access. So we are going to talk about all things, um, just going into the holidays as a survivor. So if you're a survivor of abuse, if you're a survivor of trauma, if you have um, very painful dynamics in your family of origin, your extended family, If you have already had to set boundaries of low or no contact throughout the rest of the year, why ditch those boundaries just because it's Christmas or just because it's Thanksgiving? So I have found through the years that I would be really, really good 
throughout the year at having these boundaries, either low or no contact with certain people. And then I would just throw them to the wind because it was the holiday, because there was an expectation that we're just going to be together. We're going to take a photo. We're going to post on social media. So the whole world thinks that we are this family unit that clearly we are not the other 363 days of the year. So during our workshop together, we are going to discuss what it looks like to respect those boundaries, even during the holidays, what it looks like to begin having new traditions with our children and with our safe people. And if we have created found family or chosen family, uh, there's a trend that started, I don't know how long ago, Friendsgiving, where people gather around Thanksgiving with their friends. And you may have the full full turkey dinner, or you may just have appetizers and desserts. It's not really about the food. It's about the people. It's about gathering with people who love you, gathering with people who honor you, gathering with people who cause you to feel safe and regulated. So I've shared a little bit, um, scratched the surface about nervous system regulation, but for me moving forward, I want to be very intentional about spending time with people who cause me to feel safe and thus regulated. And if I were ever to produce merch and sell, um, I think that's one of the first things I would do is some sort of a, a greeting card or a coffee mug that says, you regulate me. Um, a t-shirt wouldn't really work because a t-shirt you're wearing around and everybody's going to read it. And not everyone who reads your t-shirt regulates you. But something that I could gift to someone that says, you are one of my safe people. You are one of those people in my life that when I'm with you, I feel like I can be fully myself. When I'm with you, I feel safe. When I'm with you, um, I feel relaxed. Like the feeling and the calm of sitting around a campfire. That's one of my happy places. That's one of my regulating places. Um, Sitting by a very slow moving um, river, stream, creek, and just that gentle flow of water. That regulates me, calms me, soothes me. Most people love to be at the beach and just sitting there listening to the waves crashing. What is your calming, regulating place and space? And then to translate that into relationships. Excuse me. Who are the people that if you're with them and you're around them, you feel so relaxed that you could just drift off and take a nap? So I have several couches in my living room and it's a space that I kind of dreamt up years and years ago. And this space is a place that is now safe. (laughs) It wasn't always. But this space has become a place where I can meet with people face-to-face. I can meet with Jesus face-to-face. And there have been many times that someone has come to visit me, and I've given them a blanket, a pillow, and they're on one couch, I'm on the other couch, and we're just resting. We're in a state of peace and calm. We're sharing And there have been times that those friends or family members have just drifted off and slept right there in my living room. And some people might think that that is odd or take that as an insult or translate that into, oh, I'm boring. But I don't. I choose to believe that those people felt that they were safe enough, that they could let their guard down 
and they can fall asleep on my couch. And for some, it's a tired mama who has been awake all night with a baby and hasn't been sleeping. For some, it is, you know, they're working night shift. They're not getting proper sleep. Their bodies are just exhausted. For some, they've come through extreme trauma. They're in a season of healing and recovery. I feel so honored (laughs) when someone can feel that calm and that... um, What's the word I'm looking for? That's safe. Just falling asleep on my couch. And I will do something quietly while they rest. Um, I will rest myself. Maybe it's that I am in a state of rest and it helps them to feel that. So am I always in that state? Of course not. So the last several uh, weeks, months have presented me with many, many, many opportunities to lose my, what I say is stuff. (laughs) I have had so much coming at me, and I know anybody listening to this podcast probably finds themselves in a similar place where things around the house are falling apart and breaking, where relationships are less than ideal, where the world that we're living in, who in the past two and a half years has not felt dysregulated, has not felt triggered. The world that we live in, the chaos, the confusion, the lies, the clamor, the agenda, the propaganda, the stuff that's coming at us, the divisiveness. People are intentionally doing things and setting things into motion to divide people who care about each other, families and faith communities. There's just so much happening at such a rapid rate that I can't really think of anyone who hasn't experienced trauma, triggers, things of that nature in the last two and a half years. And then you pile onto that those of us who are coming out of abusive situations. So I have right now a situation where we were making headway and ground in a certain relationship where I believe that someone was finally beginning to see the light and beginning to see me as I really am and beginning to see my abuser as they really are. And then all of a sudden a 180, the opposite direction. So after having years of, um, division and years of alienation from this particular person and finally finding our way back to some steady ground that felt calming and felt healing. Now, all of a sudden back the other direction again, I know it's probably because of trauma that's happened in this person's life and they feel that they can treat me a certain way and that no matter how they treat me I will always be there Um, I get that to a degree I'm glad that I am that person's safe person and this is the power of and and I must say enough is enough you cannot continue to speak to me that way you cannot continue to treat me that way because I am a person that has value and I am a person that has worth and it does not help you or me to allow you to, to mistreat me, to abuse me, and to speak to me that way. And so in standing up for myself, there has been a very strong um, resistance to the point that I don't even know when I will see this person again. And my heart utterly shattered and broken because I had worked for so long and so hard to get this person back in my life. So that is um, one of the hardest things that I'm facing right now. In the midst of that, my car broke down. 
Um, some of you know the story about my roof being replaced a year ago and the miracles that came from that. Um, it was a price point that I simply could not afford with the amount of money that I had. Um, I was going to have to go into debt, take out a loan to replace my roof and some friends rallied and set up a crowdfunding and the resources came in and that same roof, as soon as it was, um, repaired, it began to attract what I'm thinking are pigeons. We're not a hundred percent sure that they're pigeons, but I think they are. Um, it's a white bird, which white pigeons I'm hearing, um, white pigeons are kind of a rarity, but they, um, gather and there can be 20 or 30 of them up there and they are doing damage to my brand new roof. And at the same time, someone is pressuring me on one side, um, a neighbor to call an exterminator. I don't have funds. I don't have resources to pay an exterminator. Um, I reach out to someone else to assess the damage and they're basically saying that it would take decades for the, the poop from these birds to damage my roof. But if they are actually pecking at the roof, that's a whole different story. And so right now I'm just trying to find somebody to come out and look at it and assess it and tell me, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about They've already done damage and I need to get this particular part of my roof repaired. So a lot of pressure. Um, I had another incident uh, where someone actually plowed over my mailbox <laughs> and um, did not take responsibility. I was trying to do a kind thing by reaching out to them individually and expecting them to take responsibility for the cost of the repair and the replacement and that did not happen um, I can't even tell you all the different things, um, little things and big things, and they do add up. So when you are trying to be calm and be in a state of calm, you can talk yourself through. I had ground, um, beef, browned ground beef, and was putting it in the refrigerator and this entire container, probably two cups of prepared ground beef, a little bit on the greasy side, just dropped it and it spilled down the refrigerator into all the like the grates and like the grill that's on the front of the refrigerator, all these little nooks and crannies. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And my son um, had been injured at work and I'm concerned about his, his well-being. I'm concerned about the long-term damage to his arm. No, I'm sorry. He wasn't, he wasn't injured at work. He was injured playing, um, flag football and he missed work for weeks because of this. And then there's the bills from getting it checked out and from ortho and from PT and all the things. And so I was like, you know, if we can find some work for you to do for me, that will not require full range of motion because right now he, you know, cannot lift his right arm and completely extend his shoulder and, and do all the things that he needs to do to work in construction. So I was like, we can find some things here at the house that you can help me with so that you can make up at least one week's, you know, lost wages. I can't, I can't do two weeks, but you know, I can help you with one. So he was here at the house and that was a blessing. He did a beautiful job on my staircase, just uh, staining the tops of the stairs and installing um, beadboard to the front. It looks so good. looks so good. And he was also going to paint a room for me. And I was outside on my deck. It was a beautiful sunny day last week. And I was enjoying the sunshine with my dogs. 
and he called me in to grab something. He had taken my, my curtain rod down and he was kind of holding it extended and needed me to come in and grab it from him. And in so doing, my dogs ran inside from the deck and my, my dog ran straight for the paint pan that was on the ground on the drop cloth. (laughs) And I can laugh about this. I really can. Um, he, she had little Shih Tzu size puppy paw prints all the way through my entire dining room into all through my kitchen and then out onto the back deck. And this just happened in a matter of seconds. I hear my son calling out the dog's name, kind of frantic. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And I look down and there's these adorable little paw prints being tracked all the way through both rooms and onto the deck. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. But instead I just laughed. I just laughed. And thankfully I have a laminate flooring and thankfully it was latex. It was not oil-based paint. And with a little bit of elbow grease and some, I think thieves cleaner and just a wet rag, I was able, it took me a good, probably 35, 40 minutes to clean it up, but I got it up and I'm still just breathing And I'm laughing and he's like, mom, don't laugh. This isn't funny. And I'm like, well, it kind of is because it was an easy enough fix, you know. But then shortly after, I found out that someone had sent some money to my nonprofit through Zelle. And I went to retrieve the money, but ended up possibly being scammed or hacked. And so that's when I lost it. And I was like, I think I'm going to lose it. And he's like, mom, I just got to get away from here. Like you're stressing me out. And I was like, you know what? I'm not actually stressing you out, but the things that are happening to me are stressing you out because quite honestly, I handled all of this really, really well. And I was super proud of myself because the old me, if any one thing happened to me in a day, I was in such a traumatized, triggered, dysregulated state that it took nothing. So just dropping just dropping the meat would have put me in a puddle of tears. Just having the dog track paint through my house would have put me in tears. Just having someone potentially hack my account would have put me in tears. But here I was at the end of the day with all this other stress, relational stress, other things hanging over, neighbor texting about the roof and about the pigeons. All this was happening in the same day, y'all. All this. And so it took me like five, six, seven things deep before I started to get dysregulated. That is progress. And I just want to talk to you about that. Like celebrate that. Celebrate that if they're baby steps, if they're big steps, celebrate the milestones that you are taking towards progress, towards regulation, towards learning how to walk yourself through daily stuff. Because our counselors cannot and should not be on speed dial. It's not healthy for us to have to call someone else to get us through every single thing that we're facing in a day. It is great to have them there um, to help us work through stuff. And then once we get to a healthier, more stabilized state, it is good to have them available for emergencies, available for check-ins. But we do not want to be dependent upon someone 24-7, including our friends, right, to get us through the hard things. 
So I wrote this post on social media and explained all the things that had happened that day and just talked about laughing through, praying through, um, reaching out to my support system and saying, hey guys, having a day, please pray. I've talked about the Purple Heart in the past and you can just find some way to send a code message to your closest friends when you just need prayer and you don't want to talk or you don't have energy to talk or maybe you cannot talk. Have some sort of a a system that you can send out to your besties and your close people. For me, it's Purple Heart. So if my friends receive a Purple Heart, they know, just pray right now, can't talk now, check in with me in a day or two, maybe I'll be ready to talk then. But it really um, is a system that engages my support system. So that was, I forget what day that was. Thursday or Tuesday? I don't remember. And then the next day I was in a puddle. The next day I was in a puddle because something happened with this person that I love more than my own life. And that's where I, there's nothing wrong with crying. There's nothing wrong with weeping. I knew that it was coming. I knew that I was past due. A good cry because for me that is one way that I regulate. I just don't want to cry constantly. But I do need to cry. I do need to process these deep, deep emotions because for me that's very healthy. And so less than 24 hours after saying I'm so glad I'm not a puddle on the floor, I was a puddle on the floor. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There is no shame in getting through the day and all the challenges without crying and there's no shame in letting myself feel deeply and weep. And then within a couple hours of that meltdown, I found out that one of my lifetime friends, her son was in a serious, serious accident on Saturday early morning. And so that just, um, he's fighting for his life in the ICU right now. That just added to the heaviness. So I'm here to say the power of and. We can have victory And we can have these moments that we conquer and we regulate through other means. And we can be a weeping puddle on the floor. And both are okay. Both are acceptable. So as we walk into this season of everybody's looking around and everybody's saying, be grateful, be thankful. Yes, yes, yes. I get that. I'm all about it. If you follow me on social media, you will see that I have been doing goodness glimmers and then I've added to it gratitudes and goodness glimmers because, um, I think it's really important to express the things that we're grateful for. And it's, it's important to find the glimmers in life that balance out and help to heal the triggers and help to calm us. And so I've become very intentional about doing this a couple times a week publicly so that I can be an example to other people. And in the new year, I'm going to be um, hosting a workshop that's all about gratitudes and goodness glimmers and how we look for and how we share those with one another because it's encouraging. And a lot of times what happens is when people read my gratitudes and goodness glimmers, they suddenly start thinking, okay, what went right today? Because it's so easy. It's so easy to point out the things that go wrong. It's so easy to see those things. They're just like in your face. You can't ignore this bill that gets dropped on you unexpectedly, this car that breaks down unexpectedly. Um, That happened the same day, by the way. 
no, that happened earlier in the week. I don't know. I can't keep it all straight. It was just, it was a week. Yeah. So, um, having the awareness of even on the worst days, even on the hardest days, I still have things that I'm grateful for. I have a roof over my head. I have really incredible um, support people. They may not all live close by. They may not be people I can just hang with whenever I want to. But because of technology, I can reach out. I can FaceTime. I can Zoom. I can text. I can uh, Marco Polo some dear, dear souls and just process all the crazy that's going on in life. So um, I just encourage you today, wherever you are, (laughs) just look at the power of and and look at those seemingly conflicting feelings, grief and gratitude, sorrow and victory an awareness of provision and an overwhelming sense of, oh my gosh, what's going to go wrong next? Like you can be so grateful for all the times that God has pulled you through and still say, I am nervous about what is going to happen next. Like what's it going to cost to repair my vehicle? It's okay. Let's be honest. Let's be grateful for the six years that I had to put very little into my vehicle And still be like, okay, I'm nervous. I don't know what they're going to tell me. I don't know if this vehicle is going to need minor repairs or major repairs. It is okay to feel all of those things. All of those things. Another area that I have been growing in, and I will do a more extensive um, episode on this, is just this awareness of how amazing our bodies are. So... I can grieve the lack of being fully functioning or able to do the things that I did 20 years ago. I can grieve that my body no longer allows me to do all the things that I did in my 20s and my 30s. And I can be profoundly grateful that my body is still alive. And so I'm grateful for KJ Ramsey And her book, The Lord is My Courage. Um, I also just purchased her book, This Too Shall Last. Wow, I love that title. I've been following her on social media for months. And I am so encouraged by this woman. She completely understands the limitations of chronic illness. She understands what it's like to have a body that just simply does not do and does not keep up with the things that you want it to. She also is someone who has experienced excruciating spiritual abuse. So on those two fronts, spiritual abuse recovery and chronic illness recovery, she tracks with so many of us. Thankfully, she's not a DV survivor. She has a good husband. She has a loving husband who is also a writer. But where it comes to the spiritual abuse recovery and the chronic illness battles, KJ Ramsey is a gift to our community. And every time I read her, either a little meme that she's put out or a longer post or a chapter of her book. I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel understood. I feel validated. So if you are not yet reading The Lord is My Courage by KJ Ramsey, that is an incredible resource. (coughs) 
several of us are using it more as a devotional. So we're just reading it a couple pages at a time or a chapter at a time. It's not necessarily a book that you just have to sit down and read cover to cover in a couple of days. It's a book that you soak and she's extremely poetic. She also understands the brain. Um, she is this beautiful blending of understanding nervous system regulation and neuroscience and how the brain works and being biblically sounded and rooted and understanding trauma. It's just like this beautiful mosaic of all things and she gets <clears throat> she gets us. So as I read her, I have been I wouldn't use the word convicted. I think it would be challenged. I've been challenged to be grateful for my body because even on its worst day, there is still a heart that is pumping and blood that is coursing through my veins and lungs that are still filled with air. And I am grateful. I am grateful that as a child, when my body was beaten and battered and bruised, it kept going. I am grateful that my brain, when it was being traumatized as a child and it was being, I was being cursed and I was being cussed and I was being called names and I was being gaslit. My body kept going. Wow. Because you think about how easy it would be just to shut down. I think about as a teenager when things were coming at me from every direction, um, things at home were unstable, things at church were unstable, things at school were unstable, things in my friend group were unstable. My body just kept going, kept going, kept going. I am grateful that this body, my five foot two frame, I'm just in awe of this y'all, it carried a single baby and then it carried twins. And I just want to take a moment. I am so grateful. I am so grateful to my body because pregnancy was brutal. <clears throat> pregnancy was rough. I was never one that glowed in pregnancy. I was never one that felt good in pregnancy. I was never one that was energized or had the nesting and the surge of energy to get things done. Pregnancy was hard on me. And I was sick morning, noon, and night, 24-7 for seven months or longer, both pregnancies. <clears throat> so if you're someone who has never experienced what they call morning sickness, or if you only experienced it in your first trimester, it may be really hard to, to just wrap your mind around dealing with that 24-7. To have the person who was called by God to protect me and defend me and cover me, stand over me. And when the doctor wrote the diagnosis of hyperemesis, I think I'm saying that correctly. I think I'm pronouncing that. When he wrote that on my chart and this person, hmm, laughed and said, and I said, what does that word mean? And he laughed and said, it's all in your head. Yeah, that's what I was dealing with, y'all. That's what I was dealing with. Being told that feeling that horrible for that period of time was all in my head. Um, No, <laughs> no and no. I was so sick. You think about just being in a constant state of nausea and feeling like you're going to be sick 
um, morning, noon, and night for seven, eight months. It was brutal. I knew the end result was going to be beautiful. I knew that I was going to have these, you know, this baby, these babies. I knew that it wasn't going to last forever, but it was hard and it felt like forever in the midst of it. And just to think that this five foot two frame carried twin boys, almost full term, 37 weeks with them, which with twins is considered full term. And 42 weeks with my firstborn he was um, not wanting to come out and we had to induce and just thinking about what my body went through during birth with my firstborn the twins were a c-section because they were breech and I actually recovered faster from that c-section than I did from the vaginal birth with my firstborn because it was a pretty traumatic birth so I am just in awe that my body did that my body did that and so when I'm tempted to <clears throat> feel unhappy with my body as I'm aging and as I've been through what I've been through and as things move and shift and sag and <laughs> don't ever go back to their original state, I have been so challenged by KJ and others to just be grateful this body carried Three beautiful, beautiful baby boys. Wow. That's amazing. When we think about the passage from Psalm 139, where it talks about being fearfully and wonderfully made, I ask someone, what does that fearfully mean? Because I don't think it means what we think it means. And I think in the original translation, it was more of the word awesome. Our bodies are awesome. They're awesomely and wonderfully made. And so I am just in a state of shifting in my mind from being resentful of my body and being mad at my body, which it's okay. It's okay to grieve. It is okay to grieve um, the brokenness and the humanity. It's okay. But now I'm in a season where I'm just like so thankful. Thank you for still like getting me out of bed every day. Thank you for, even if I'm limited to how many hours a day I can be up and moving around and I can't, you know, go on hikes with friends and I can't walk miles and miles and miles in any given day and I can't lift, you know, past a certain weight. My body's still here. My body has survived trauma, abuse, um, medical trauma. My body has endured difficult pregnancies. My body has endured being attacked by viruses and, and, you know, forces of nature, mosquitoes, um, insects, mosquitoes and ticks and different things like that, that have accosted me. And my body is still here. I am still alive. I still have a voice. Um, I have not been singing much, um, over the past seven years since I got sick. And I was trying to sing along to a song the other day. And I was like, oh, girl, your voice, you need to work these muscles again. And so that's something I think I want to be more intentional about in the coming months is just to start using my voice again. Because when God gives us a gift, and for me, one of my gifts is singing, um, I want to be a good steward of that. And I may never sing, you know, from a church stage again, which is fine by me. But I do have a passion for taking music to shut-ins and people in nursing homes and people who maybe will never darken the doorstep of a church 
Um, so I want to be a good steward of these pipes <clears throat> and start singing again in whatever capacity, in whatever realm. So I just want to encourage you today, uh, wherever you are, to embrace the gift of and, <laughs> to embrace the hard thing that is balanced with the good thing. And for every trigger and every trauma and every hard thing that you're going through right now, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of the pipes, <clears throat> I need to, uh, yeah, get my allergies under control here this morning. And lavender, lemon, and peppermint, y'all. I got my little roller right here. There's something in the changing seasons that my body does not love. So if you are going through hard things right now, I am with you and I stand with you and I acknowledge the grief that is there. And when you're ready, I won't force this and I won't um, try to fabricate something that's not there. But when you're ready, start leaning into, start leaning into the glimmers and the gratitudes most of us do have a roof over our head. Most of us do have clothes to wear. Most of us have clean water to drink and food to eat. Many of us have our, our pets, our fur babies, which are incredible sources of comfort. Some of us have <coughs> excuse me, safe and regulating relationships. Maybe you have one of those. Maybe you have 10 of those. Um, the gratitude that I have for those who have stood by me. In the past seven years, my support structure, support system has changed drastically. There's almost nobody in my life right now that was there seven years ago. So what's the and in that? <laughs> I can grieve relationships that have walked away, relationships that failed, and relationships that harmed. I can grieve that. And I can lean into and be so grateful for the people who have showed up in my life since and have been the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus. So if you are one of those people who has been a part of my life consistently for the last seven years or maybe you are new in my life, I am grateful for you today. And I have a couple of ladies that meet locally, um, just unable at this time to attend corporate traditional church and so we have found one another and when I was losing it and in a puddle on Saturday what gave me so much hope was knowing that I was going to see their faces on Sunday we were meeting via zoom <clears throat> but just knowing I was going to see their faces hear their voices and have that heart-to-heart -heart connection and ask them for prayer and know that that would be there it helped to get me from Saturday to Sunday so I invite you today to look around and find gratitudes and goodness glimmers even in the hardest days. And if you're not yet in Held and Healed, if you're a woman, you're welcome to join us on Facebook, Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. Maybe your story is not one of abuse, but you have a heart for women and you want to learn how to know better and do better. You are also invited to join us. If you are dreading the holidays that are coming up and just want some really practical tools for navigating, I invite you to join the Held and Healed Holiday Helps Workshop. 
I have a really good price point, 2022 for right now. It may go up in price later, but for right now it's 2022, super cute. And you can join, even if you can't be there live for the event, you can have the replays later. If you would like to join one of our group coaching opportunities, just go to my website and see which ones are available and when they're starting up. I think I'm gonna be rotating the 12 Truths group coaching and the boundaries. Just keep them on a rotating. And once you have completed the six weeks of group coaching, you get added into an alumni group where you will continue to have access to the video content, additional resources, and that community. Also, through the end of this year, um, I have dropped, substantially dropped the price of the Safer Spaces Summit. So I wanted to make this accessible to survivors and to helpers. And so I dropped the price point and you can access that. I think it's $50. There's two tiers you can choose from. There's a $50 tier and a $100 tier. Give, choose whichever one you're able. If you're able to do a hundred, just know that it goes back into my ministry and helping to sustain what I'm doing in Held and Healed. And that will give you access to, it's either 10 or 11 hours of video content of leaders who are experts in this field of abuse within faith communities. And we will give you very practical tools and resources for how to begin to make your churches, your communities, your schools safer spaces for survivors and others. Powerful, powerful compilation collaboration that we did back in March. And I really hope that this reaches many, many people. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we have to offer. Oh, the Held and Healed Retreat will be next year here in the Shenandoah Valley for women who are recovering from especially domestic violence and spiritual abuse. Those will be the two um, things that we really um, hone in on. And we will have keynote guest speaker Sarah McDougall. Amazing opportunity to come and learn and glean and grow. And we will be talking a lot about nervous system regulation and I'm hoping that we will just laugh a lot during this time. Um, Sarah is a dear friend, and we have what we call survivor humor, which can be a little twisted, but you know what? It got us through. And so I'm hoping that we can just have some opportunities during our time together because life is heavy. Life is hard. And one of the things I've really been working on this year is learning to laugh again. And I will watch reels on Instagram and I will collect memes to share in Held and Healed every Saturday. And just hearing myself laugh out loud when I'm in the house by myself is weird and awkward initially, but then I'm like, this is my house, this is my space. If I wanna laugh a little, I'm gonna laugh a little. So I'm hoping that having Sarah together, me and Sarah, I think that we are gonna have moments of laughter. There will be a lot of heavy things that we we cover and we, we dive into. She is the one who originally came up with the list of the 13 patterns and systems of abuse. And during Domestic Violence Week uh, month, she released, in the month of October, she released an updated version, which is 18 forms of abuse. So there's some new forms that we have added to that list. And you can learn so much from her resources. So I thank you so much for your time and just allowing me to share a little bit of an update of where I'm coming from, where we're headed. Check out my website for all of these offerings, heatherlisbeth.org. And I pray that you will feel held even as you are being healed. Mm-hmm.